So now we talk about the actual executions. There's four different types of executions that the Bezdin has been given over by the Terry to use. Skila, stoning. Stray for burning. Killing by the sword. And strangulation. And we're going to explain exactly what these ones are. Skila, Sreifa. Skila and stoning and burning. The Terry describes them specifically. There are certain times where the terrorist uses stoning as the described punishment, as well as when it comes to burning. Now, as far as the other ones, in terms of killing with the sword and strangulation, those are not mentioned in the Torah clearly, specifically. However, by tradition, we learned, anytime the terrorist says the word, he shall surely die without specifying the method of execution, he refers to strangulation. <coughs> we actually had one yesterday in Chitas, and Parshim Mishpatim will have a couple of them. Now, in terms of strangulation here, they say decapitation. No, that's that's something else. That's no, two different things. There's four types of uh, just just me this one. So varegas chaver, part of the person who kills his fellow, his ah, okay. his, his uh, uh, execution is to by the sword. The chena asher dacha, similarly the city of a, we don't do the laws of the Zorah, right? A city of people who are led astray to worship of the Zorah, and in the event that all the all the conditions are met, the whole entire city is executed. Misas and if they are executed by the sword, which we'll, uh, we'll learn again the details of that soon. Uh, so uh, those are really the only two scenarios where the sword is used in terms of Bezdin, murder, and uh, that, that, w- that wayward city. All right, base. Call Misa Mehem, Every, every each one of these four types of execution, It's a positive mitzvah for bezdin to execute the person who's liable for the execution. So bezdin has a positive mitzvah to carry out the execution. And if they carry out the execution, they're fulfilling a positive mitzvah. However, the king, even though the king has permission to execute people arbitrarily without the without the bezdin, certain scenarios will learn when people rebel against him, etc. The only method the king is allowed to use is Ella Vad, the king is allowed to use the sword, which means decapitation. If saying the sword, it means, it means, yeah, it means yeah. not, not stabbing, it means decapitation. So that is the only method the king is allowed to use. Gimel. Anytime somebody is obligated to be executed and the Bezdin fails to execute them, not because they were powerless, because they simply failed to do their due duty, they, they have... Uh, they have, uh, um, um, uh, they have in that case shirked their obligation, the responsibility of the positive mitzvah. However, even though they didn't do what, they, what they're supposed to, they didn't tra- technically speaking transgress the negative mitzvah. There's exceptions are witch, a, per, a, a sorcerer, a person who practices witchcraft. If you don't kill a sorcerer, Besides the fact that they are violating the positive mitzvah of killing the sorcerer, the person practicing witchcraft, they also transgress the negative mitzvah. It says, Do not let a person who practices witchcraft live. So it's a negative mitzvah. Now, presumably the Bezdin is not chayiv lashes, which even though normally you are chayiv lashes for violating a negative mitzvah, this is a negative mitzvah by omission rather than commission. You don't do anything. It's just a failure to act. So not chayiv malchus. But it's, it's still a... Still a negative. negative. So Jewish trivia. What's the one scenario where the Bezin fails to kill someone who they have to and they violate a negative mitzvah? A sorcerer. All right, Dalit. Sorcerer, but witchcraft. 
Now, uh, all right, skila murmas chamurmas shefa. These di- different types of misas, the skila, the stoning, is more severe than burning. Burning is considered more severe than uh, killing someone by decapitation. And killing someone by the sword is considered more severe than strangulation. So the most lenient of the different executions is strangulation. The most severe is stoning. So in terms of severity versus leniency, it goes skila, stoning, seifa, burning, saif, sword, decapitation, and chenek, strangulation. So how is that relevant? Why do we care? So I'm going to tell us how it's relevant. A few different reasons why it's relevant. First of all, the reason why we know this is the fact that the most severe avera of cursing Hashem, Rahman al-Tzlan, or worshipping idols, is done by stoning, it demonstrates that that is, is so severe, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, okay, and uh, the fact that, that, um, that burning is more severe than decapitation is because there's a unique scenario where normally when two people are involved in a forbidden relationship, it's the same sin, and they're both liable for the same punishment. But there's one scenario where the man gets one punishment, and the woman gets another punishment. And that's a case where it's a unique scenario where it's a daughter of a Kohen who is engaged but not married, etc., etc. She's executed in a more severe manner for disgracing the, the Kahuna, the priesthood family, and that's where she gets a situation that's called the burning. Therefore, you see it's more severe. Okay. Um, <clears throat> right now, therefore, because there's a hierarchy of severity, when one person is, obli- is, is, is liable for two different executions, then you can't kill somebody twice, obviously. Yeah. Which one do you give him? Nidam Bechamur, he's given the more severe, severe on the, to- on the, on the, on the list. And that, the idea of being liable for two different executions could be he did two different sins, one after the other. He did one sin, which is, which is liable to be killed in two different ways, right? So a person can have a forbidden relationship with somebody else, and they're a married woman, but they're also forbidden from a different angle. And therefore, there's two different levels of prohibition, so it gets the more severe. Even if the person was judged and convicted and, 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 and condemned to die in one type of death, and then afterwards, somehow, he was able to do a sin. And then, you know, let's say, let's say while he was taking the execution, or in the, let's say for whatever reason, that he couldn't kill him right away, and he violated the Shabbos. Now he's chayiv, more severe execution, perhaps, right? Skilo, which is more severe than the previous execution method. So what do you do? Even though it happened after he was condemned already, neither Mechamur gets the more severe one, right? We don't say, well, since we already condemned him and convicted him of this type of execution, let's say, strangulation, so then whatever happened afterwards is irrelevant. No, we don't say that. We, do, we say it is relevant. And if after being condemned for strangulation, which is the most lenient, he does an Avera of being liable for um, uh, a stoning, more, more, severe. more severe stoning, so we would, we would apparently judge him again and then convict him for the more severe one. Which is interesting because you're not supposed to delay an execution once it's being ruled. Here you would delay it to judge him for the other execution. And the event that Bethany chooses not to, let's say, for example, the, the, the Adam contradict each other, so they can't convict him for the more severe one. He would get the more lenient one, even though it would be a delay. All right, just observing. In terms of being liable for execution, we are gender neutral. <laughs> we don't discriminate. Men and women, whether you're Machal Shabbos, a man or a woman, it's irrelevant. They both get the same Misa. You have a situation, you have multiple people 
who are chayiv misa for different things. And for that, somehow the Sanhedrin judged multiple people one day. Somehow, two people or more became confused with each other, and we don't know who is who. Identical twins, whatever it is. So what do you do to judge? So let's say one person is chayiv stoning, one person is chayiv strangulation. Now we don't know who's who. We forgot somehow, right? Um, they got their faces burned off. I don't know. So what do you do? You give both of them the more lenient execution. Because it's not fair to give them both the more severe one. Again, you're giving somebody a more severe punishment he deserves. So you give them both the more lenient one. And the person who is high of the more severe one is getting away. <laughs> you know, easy, if you will, so to speak. Gets away. Exactly. Zion. Someone who has already been convicted for execution. That got confused with the population. He somehow mixed him. We forgot who he looks like. He did plastic surgery, whatever it is. We don't know who he is. Right? He has a twin and we don't know who is who. Or someone who is liable for execution is confused with somebody else who's only been accused, but his his uh, his court case is still going on. So... It, 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 so both of them are all putter. Why? In the first case, it's obvious because you can't kill the guy. We don't. We can't kill both of them. One of them might have misa. Even in the second case, you might ask one second. One of these two guys, you know, is chayv misa. The other one, we're not sure. So let's finish the interior. If everything is carried through and the witnesses, their, their testimony sustains, we'll convict him and we'll kill them both with the more with the more minor method. Yeah. What's the point? Why can't we? Why can't we kill them both? In order to do a dintaira, the person has to be present on trial. You can't judge someone in abs. In ab, He's in, not there. In abs, what's it called? In, uh, absentee. absentee. It doesn't work. And therefore, if you don't know who he is, even though they're both here, because you can't say it's him, that's considered not present. And therefore, you would not be able to execute him. Okay. Weiter. Now, the truth is that this is really all talking about situations where we're not talking about a murder. When it comes to a murderer... In the scenario where you have two people, one's convicted of murder, one's accused of murder, but hasn't been convicted, you would apparently according to Ram writes in Hilchas the laws of murder, chapter four, Allah Zayin, you would finish the entire, convict him, and then imprison them both for life, because the murderer is a dangerous society. Uh-huh. So that seems to be the exception. Okay, Chasmi so don't kill him, you imprison him for life. Right, both of them, because you don't know who you don't know who 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 because because again. You can't execute either of them because you can convict them in front of him. But since you know they're both guilty, then you would imprison them for life. Right, very rare. It's not a formal punishment in Torah. It's only a method used. We have no choice. So here, for example, because we can't kill them, we have no choice but to imprison them. But that's not a, not a formal punishment in Torah. It's a method we take because we don't have an option. Yeah, very rare in Torah does imprisonment exist. Ches. Mm-hmm. Misha Amad al is someone who is able to defend himself, right? The guy has, uh, you know, uh, machine guns and he has a whole SWAT team protecting him. And Bez is not able to capture him and execute him for the Misha he's Chayev. So what do you do? You can't give him a skill. You can't grab him and take him to the, uh, to the, to the place where they stone people. So the witnesses kill him in whatever manner they, can, they could. Right, sneak into his house, put poison in his coffee. I mean, as long as he's been convicted. And nobody else, however, is allowed to do this, except the Aiden. It's only the Aiden. The Fichin, therefore, because the Aiden are the ones who terrorists say have to kill him. 
If the Aiden began the court case, they had two hands. Imnuk the Yadah, the Aiden's hands got cut off, now they don't have a way of killing him. Potter is Potter. Now, they could kick him, might ask, right? But Pasha, once the hands get cut off, it means, it means, it means the physical, whatever happens to them physically, they can't carry out. Did he cut the hands of the witnesses? No, no, no. If after the witnesses testified, they became physically injured, for example, the hands got cut off somehow in an accident, yeah. and therefore they are no longer able to execute the person, yeah. Potter, he's not executed, because the okay. only people the terror gives the right to execute somebody are the witnesses who testify against him. If, however, when the witnesses testified, they were hand, they had no hands. They were they were they were uh, people who had had no hands, but they saw the the crime and they testified against him. So when they testified, they were already incapable of killing this guy. But the Torah doesn't doesn't say that if you, you can't be a kosher witness if you have no hands, which means the Torah obviously considers this scenario to be a case where it's okay if the execution is carried out by somebody else. So because over here, originally, anyways, the understanding was if he's convicted, he's going to be executed by somebody else. In that case, then even though witnesses cannot kill him, somebody else carries out the execution. They, they throw him off the platform and stone him. And if he runs away, then, then, uh, then, then other people can, can, can still can, 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 can kill him. Now, this is talking about all, when is this all true? When is it true that if this guy is lucky enough to be in a situation where he can defend himself and nobody can kill him, nobody's allowed to kill him except for the witnesses, and, and in the event that the witnesses become injured, their hands get cut off, because they cannot carry out the execution, he's innocent. Anytime somebody's liable for execution, because he did a sin, it's not murder, meaning he violated the Shabbos, he worshipped idols, he was in a forbidden relationship. However, person who murders, and after he's convicted, and then he's able to, he defends himself, and, and, but after that, when he's convicted, he defends himself, and the witnesses can't kill him, or the witnesses get injured, and they can't kill him, because they have no hands anymore. In that case, every person has the obligation to ensure that his Misa is carried out. The Gemara says this based on Psukim, and the Advaz says that it's not a chayk, it's a mishpat. It's a logical mitzvah. A murderer is a threat to society. Tess. Kaldurge Bezdin, all the people who are convicted of murder by Bezdin, or those who are, excuse me, who are, who are killed by Bezdin, you remember we learned that there's hierarchy in considered executions, right? The most severe is stoning, then burning, then sword, <coughs> and then strangulation. You don't bury them in the burial part of their ancestors among the Jewish people. Now, let's stop over for a second. The Ram hasn't told us yet there's a concept of burying somebody in among the Jewish people. He will tell us in the laws of mourning, I believe, that there's a mitzvah to bury a dead person. It's not okay to, to, to burn the body. It's not okay to eat it. It's not okay to feed it to the dogs. It's a mitzvah to bury it in the ground. Now, where you bury it? Bury the backyard. Bury everyone. Don't, put, don't bury it in a place where it's going to be a, a, a problem for people who come impure. So mark it off. But it seems that there is a, I don't know, I'm not sure what the source for this is, but it seems that it's, 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 a, it's either a minute you saw or it's a concept that we see from Avram Avinu that you're supposed to designate a burial plot that's an ancestral concept for the family. Family burial plot. Right? That's, that's, that's a, a, a given in Torah, it seems. In any event, it's not appropriate to bury this person in, in that place. Yeah. And again, it may, it may be simply because... Um, well, here it says in the family so, plot together with the entire Jewish 
Bebechal Yisrael is among other Jewish people. That's what I think it means. I don't know if that's the right translation. But okay, the, the point is, is that among a, as a regular Jew would be buried. So again, it doesn't mean you have to bury a person this way, Dafka, right? Or, you know, Garrett Sedek also gets buried. It doesn't have a family burial plot. But the idea is, is that since that was so common, it's not appropriate, even though that was a common thing done, this case is not appropriate to do that. So what, what is appropriate? Bezin designates two special cemeteries for those who are executed by the Bezin. Echad Niskalam is soft, and one is designated for those who are stoned or burned. And for those who are executed by the sword or by strangulation. Because, again, the two more severe, just like it's inappropriate to bury a person who's killed next to a regular Jewish person, because you should not bury a tzaddik next to a Russia. So, too, it's not appropriate to bury a major Russia next to a minor Russia. A person who's executed by the two more severe ways means he did a much more severe their sin. A person who is killed with the more, more, two more minor, lenient executions of the sword or strangulation is considered a minor Russia. So, again, they shouldn't be buried in the same place. Therefore, you separate them. It is a matter of tradition from Moshe Rabbeinu. That's the Bezin designates the two different cemeteries and you bury them separately. This Achala Basar, when the flesh is, the, the, the corpse's flesh becomes decomposed, which is something you know, I guess, based on assumption of time, because you know, they don't have like a, no way to know, right? To dig it up and find out. But however, you figure yeah, it out. They used to put into a, um, a cave, they used to put in the, the, the body to compose. And then after a year or something, they used to bury it. Oh, so that's the Gemara talks about that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so this, ah, so you see the first they would. So in this case, this year, they, they, they let it compose. See, here he's talking about the uh, Rishim, who are the people who are killed at Bezd and who are buried. Was a common, a common, yeah. Uh, a common, uh, you think a cave is Lavdafka cemetery? It's a burial plot. It's like a cave. Yeah. Okay. I'll upon him. Once the flesh decomposes, at that point, that's a demonstration that the, the shama has achieved atonement, and they can bury it with the with the rest with, with the rest of the Jewish people. He will lock this on Tzomis. They would collect the bones, and bury them in their, in their family burial plots. But the no, could, when says. At this point, if the relatives want to make a coffin and they want to make burial, burial, burial clothing, that's allowed to be done. Even though it wasn't done before, the whole process is not, that process is not done with people who are, who are killed by the court, but the families could do if they want to. Does that cover the burning of the, of the body? No, you don't burn the body. No, no, no. No, no, no. The, burning ha- the, 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 the Execution of burning is not burning at the stake. We'll learn that later on that it means they would pour hot lead down their throat. Ah, okay. Yeah. It's, not bur- it's not burning no, the body. Okay. Correct. Correct. Again, the, the, we try to create a bias where Bezin will not execute people. Bezin has an obligation to be very, very deliberate when it comes to capital cases. And don't be too, uh, don't be too impulsive. Any Bezin that their average is executing somebody once every seven years, not less. They are a destructive terrorist bezdin, right? Savage court. Okay. If theoretically speaking, it happens every day another case comes where they convict somebody and they can't save him, Hargan, they have an obligation to do so. It's a mitzvah. However, the same Sanhedrin should not judge two different murder cases in one day. You do one today, the other one tomorrow. And if the one you do today, you can't find a way to exonerate him, you want to convict him, we learned the halacha, you can't convict him that day, you have to continue the turn to the next day, in the hope you'll find an excuse to exonerate him. You start on Sunday, Sunday ends, you cannot, you cannot exonerate him, you want to convict him, you got to finish Monday, in the hope that you will find a way of not convicting him. 
Monday, if you have no way of saving him, you have to convict him and execute him. You can't start the next guy till Tuesday, right? That's another example you may have a situation of, 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 of prison in Torah. You have people waiting to be tried for Misa and you can't convict them, you can't judge them, you have to lock them in jail to make sure they shouldn't run away, but not as a punishment. All right. What if both of them were two people who did the same sin together? And it's one death sentence. Keep going. A man and a woman in a forbidden relationship. And they're both, it's one sin they did together. And they both get the same, same execution. Right? So a man with a married woman. Then you could judge them both in one day because it's one case. The whole reason why you can't judge two people in one day is because it's two different cases. You have to kind of evaluate it. Here, two different cases, and therefore, two different, uh, two different, uh, it, it's, one, it's one thing, and therefore, it's not a problem with the Bezin to judge them both together, right? The whole reason why you have to do two different days, you want two, on, on two different days, is to so give the proper attention to, to, to hopefully not convict them. Now, I'm imagining that's a case where two people are the same, but if, let's say, a matzav where, if they, uh, one of them was a question of whether he was mentally fit, so Bezin has to do a whole other evaluation to see if this guy is mentally stable, so that could be the attack over there, you, you couldn't do the same thing. But if everything is the same, you would talk and do it in one day. And it has to be when they're both the same execution. The fiqh, therefore, if the male was with the, uh, the daughter of a kayin who was engaged to be married, right? we had in the times of the Gemara, right? It was the engagement process was the Kedushin, and the Chuppah was later. And in that time period, she was with a different man. So, since it's a rare situation where despite the fact they sin together, he would get strangulation, but he or she would get burned, because it's two different executions, despite the fact that it's one aver, one deed, one action, it's not day. judged the same day. <clears throat> in order to judge capital cases, there has to be a base of English standing. Now, before the base of English was built, they had the Mishkan. The Tehedrin obviously then was able to judge capital cases. So I guess as long as there's a Mishkan of some kind, that's okay. Now, what about the Mishkan, when the Mishkan was destroyed in the days of Eli Akayin? Did they, could they stop, did they have to stop judging capital cases? I don't know. This halacha may have been something which only began once the base of English was built. I don't know. I'm not sure how that works. In any event, once, for sure, once the base of English was built by Shlema HaMelech, from then to the end of time, if there's no base of Migdash, the Sanhedrin cannot judge capital cases. Now, besides for having a temp, the base of understanding, you also have to have another thing. Sanhedrin has to be in their proper location in that chamber where they, where they sat and held court in the base of Migdash. Remember, it says, B'zak and Mamre, Regarding the case of the Talmud Chacham who rebels against the Sanhedrin, the ability to Shemar al the reason why he's being executed is because he's not listening to the Koyen, meaning he's not listening to the, it doesn't mean to the Koyen, it means to the Mishnah, but we learn from, by tradition, that it means, when you have a Koyen offering Karbonus on the Mizbeach, mind you that the truth is, technically speaking, you don't have to have a Mishnah to do that. But meaning that there's a, there's a base of English and a Mizbeach. Because let's not forget, by the way, when Ezra came back there to Israel, before they built the base of Migdash, they offered Kavanis there. But in any event, and even today, you could, you could certainly... When, the, when, the, when there's a Koyan, big Maka on the Mizbeach, and there's a base of Migdash, that's when you can judge capital cases. Not just in the Sanhedrin and the base of Migdash, but every Sanhedrin in Eretz Israel, Or in the world, even. Provided the Sanhedrin is in the location. So when there's a base of Migdash... Functioning, standing, and the Sanhedrin Hagadol, the Jewish Supreme Court, is in their location in that place of Migdash. That Sanhedrin and every Sanhedrin, there to solve twenty-three members can judge capital cases. Yud Beis, but initially, 
in the Lishka, in the chamber, Hagazis of the cut stone that was uh, in the, the, the courtyard of the Beis HaMikdash. Now, <clears throat> by the place they would sit, Chayel Hayer was not, was not consecrated. It was considered outside the Beis HaMikdash area, technically speaking. Why? The only person allowed to sit in the temple courtyard is a king from Beis David, a king from the house of David. So therefore, because the Hanshu didn't have to stand all day, therefore they made sure to make that location, that part of the of the of the uh, the chamber where they would sit, not part. They were they were not they didn't sanctify it as part of the Mishnah per se. It was just part of the general Temple Mount. The Rambam expounds upon this in in Hilchas Beis Bechira. All right, and in and his period in Sechus Midas. However, about 40 years before the Beis was destroyed, when things became really bad, the society became very degenerate, the Jewish people, they exiled themselves from place to place. In other words, because they felt incapable of enforcing the law, because there were so many murderers, they, they uh, uh, abdicated the throne, if you will. Right? They exiled themselves from one place to the next. The last place they went was Tzveria. There's never yet been till the my time. Saddam says, "A Sanhedrin, Gabali, we have a tradition. There's a tradition that they're going to the Sanhedrin when it's going to be reestablished in the future. It's going to reestablish in the same place where they left off. And from there, they're going to go to the base Hamikdash. And it's interesting to note. Hello. It's a. It's, a, it's, it's an interesting to note. That, that the Rambam, Bashkach Pratis, was buried in Tiberia. Alright, 40 years before the destruction of the second Mishnah Migdash. This is when that happened, that time when they left the, the Mishnah Migdash. It was 40 years and they stopped judging capital cases. Despite the fact that the Mishnah was still in standing. Uh, uh, the exiled themselves. They were not in their standard place in the Lishkasagazis. They went uh, outside the temple courtyard area, and therefore they could no longer judge capital cases. You doubt them. When the Bezin and Hedges is in their place, and therefore they can judge, and every Sanhedrin can judge uh, in Eretz Yisrael, a Sanhedrin can judge capital cases in Chutzlarts. Provide the Sanhedrin who is holding court in the Chutzlaretz receive their ordination here to Saul, as we said. The Sanhedrin concept exists in Chutzlaretz outside of Saul as well, provided they receive their qualification, the degree in Eretz Not degree, the internship, right? The license. <laughs>